Welcome to another exciting episode of our podcast, and I am one of your hosts, Sean, and with me are Sammy Scream and Thomas, and we also have a guest with us today, and her name is Harley. Welcome to the podcast, the podcast you have joined, which is, what is it, everybody? Spark Oh my god. <laughs> I'm new to this. Apparently, we are still new to this. Yeah, we have to inform Charlie of the podcast she just joined. She had no idea. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Kidnapped you for this podcast. It's fine. So we're looking today at episode 15 of the original series, the next to last episode of season one. This episode introduces the Insecticons. But before we begin, Charlie, you wanna you can introduce yourself. Tell us a little about yourself. Hey, so I'm Charlie. Um, grew up partially in the '80s, a lot of the '90s, and I really am into '80s cartoons. So revisiting Transformers has been quite interesting. Yeah, I, I got your message earlier. You actually said you started episode in one and watched all the way up to this one. Um, not all the way. I actually uh, got up to about episode eight where the Dinobots come in. And I just wanted to just get a handle on who everybody was again and what the world was, what their home world is, and what the main conflicts are going on. Yeah. Anyway. I kind of got some background on what was happening on the old school Transformers. I think the only question we really need to ask her is, are you a fan of Starscream? The most important question. (laughs) Definitely. He's been staging a mutiny since episode one or two. A pretty egotistical character, ex-scientist and lore. He's a a current scientist. He didn't stop being a scientist. He loves science. Well, his intelligence definitely dropped since he joined the Decepticons. Uh, just because I, he doesn't have street that. smarts uh, doesn't mean that he, he doesn't have science smarts. Exactly. Well, uh, he's, you know, he, he's more focused on power now and, like, moving up the political ranks. He's done with the engineer stuff. His days are over there. He's trying to be CEO, so. Yeah. <laughs> political science is a science. So have you not watched these since since you were younger, or have you watched these before or since? Uh, no, I haven't really touched this series since I was a kid. So yeah, I have no real... Um, I had no idea of what it would be like today. I, I can only base you know my knowledge of Transformers on what I knew it to be as a kid. <laughs> Most part was just an, an hour or half hour of things blowing up and lots of time in between to pop candy. So, So, Charlie, we have a little thing we do here. Uh, we have some sections that we go over in our podcast. The first thing we normally go over is if there are any differences 
major differences in the Generation 2 or the Japanese version of this episode. However, I did not have time to watch the Japanese episode for the first time since we started our podcast, so I've got nothing to say today. (laughs) Maybe I'll get back to this section when we do the Insecticons episode. And then we normally go over the writer, but this episode was written by Douglas Booth, who is someone we already went over extensively in a prior episode on our podcast. So that leaves us to the real meat of the podcast, our first major section, which is we just to talk for as long as we want about what we like and didn't like about this specific episode. Me, Grimlock, no like you. Do you want to start us off, Charlie, with something that stood out to you? Well, I gotta say, this episode, um, why Bali? (laughs) (laughs) They they kind of drop you in on the island of Bali, and then, um, you know, you're in this mangrove swamp in Bali, and suddenly there's insecticons, you know, that are coming out of the swamp to not really attack people but but grain they just want to be annoying like real bugs they're looking for food yeah and that's true that is very insect like I, 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 I mean they seem like they were willing they were more than willing to attack humans the one insecticon dive bomb that boat that just there was nothing <laughs> but humans on it <laughs> yeah but i mean he wanted the boat <laughs> he wanted the boat. They were going for the grain sacks that were in the boat that were just so delicious. Because you got to have fiber, right? That's what I wrote, too. I was like, are they eating grain? But then later in the episode, they do eat the ship and eat real... And Wait, no, they don't eat Energon. They actually just eat the oil straight up. They don't even convert it to Energon like the rest of the Decepticons. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. So, that's, that's the thing I was wondering is, like... Wh- did they just they i don't know i don't know what their intelligence level is one of them at least seems kind of smart uh but did they just grow or just hang around for millions of years not knowing a thing about energon and just decided we're just gonna eat stuff and then that's just good enough for us but then eventually i guess they were introduced to the oil and then towards the end of the episode they just stole megatron's energon and ate that up wow we can make this stuff into energon great tastes much better <laughs> like adding salt to food <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of funny how they're the only ones that can just don't have to trans uh transfer it to energon first to eat consume things well i figured that they'd be like an older model or something since he said that or megatron said that they were shipped out before they crash landed or whatever so meh, I, I thought he mentioned something of them being like an experiment or maybe because uh, he doesn't recognize him. So he's like, I don't know who you are, but I feel, you know, a destructive kinship or whatever. But maybe they were just never activated. Like they only activated. Well, that was kickback saying that. They, they had the thing that they crashed landed in, like was like some kind of escape pod. But um, I think. Oh, Star- yeah, you're right, Charlie. Yeah, because because when they when they were crashing on the planet, it was an escape pod that they shot off. Uh, yeah million years ago so these guys are like primordial soup versions of like current decepticons you know they're just yeah like... that's 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 kind of my like headcanon theory on them <laughs> yeah so maybe they didn't have quite as much protection as the larger ship did so they probably suffered a little bit more logic damage or something i don't know they're like they're like they're essentially dinobots but 
bugs. True. The Dinobots, I mean, aren't they like, um, I didn't even get that far, but um, they're Autobots, right? Yes. So but those, they were made technically, but they're still dumb as rocks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the, these are the primordial soup version of the Decepticons. So you met the dumb version of the Autobots. The Autobots. So now we get the dumb version of the Decepticons. But we already what? had Starscream. You take oh. that back. <laughs> I quit. I don't want to podcast anymore. Bye. <laughs> They're just primordial soup creatures that they're they're formative. They're an early race of robot that don't even need to convert energy to cool energy blocks. They just eat it straight out of the source, like straight out of the tar pit, whatever. But they're uh, <laughs> when they landed on Earth, they were also like in suspended animation, right? And they, it seems like they only recently woke up and were detected by the Autobots and Decepticons. Like they haven't been roaming around earth for four million years kind of seems otherwise the earth would not even exist anymore when by the time the transformers woke up yeah yeah that makes sense yeah they would have wreaked a lot more havoc like the the human race would have been well aware of transformers before they woke up the rest of them woke up it looked like the insecticons definitely just woke up because they were like i mean nobody had seen them before these weird guys but the swamp was called Demon Swamp. I kind of like assumed that it was called Demon Swamp because they lived there. Possibly. That's, I, that's I forgot scary. to research to see if that was a real swamp in Bali. There can, cannot be. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but that that swamp thing that that was the first thing I noticed. Like, I guess they they lived there so long they decided to name their home just Demon Swamp. <laughs> Why not? Pretty, pretty funny. No, the humans named it that because you know going there was certain death. <laughs> well, they, they, the Insecticons accepted the name. They liked the name, apparently. Oh, they called yeah. it that? I didn't realize Yeah, that. they were, like, screaming it. Somebody said, welcome to Demon Swamp. <laughs> I'm a demon. So their audio wasn't entirely clear to me, like the voice actors. So what are they named? Uh, I know uh, one of them is called them? Kickback. And Bombshell, Bombshell, and I can never remember the le- the other guy's name. I always remember Bombshell. He's the one that stands out because not in this episode, but he usually can shoot a shell at somebody on at your brain and mind control you that way. And uh, but he didn't do it this do episode. They all just have mind control powers. Is That's that what I wondered because a, the other one has mind control electric waves because he controlled two of the Autobots this episode. But I don't think the third guy has anything related to that. Who made the uh, the Insecticon clones? Was that the yeah. third guy or one of the other two? I, I don't. I can never. Their their design changes a lot, so it's really hard to keep uh, who's who. I just know Bombshell always has that grill on his face with straight line holes on it, so he's always the one that's easier to identify. They look the same to me. But then their powers, <laughs> like, I, I like how that one guy's like, "Oh man, a storm's coming in. Now I have superpowers." but i thought you know having superpowers to make an army of clones was pretty overpowered because what is it like one little scrap of metal somehow becomes an entire other insecticon the size of an insecticon like what what the heck yeah their powers seem kind of crazy like i'm i don't to me they they, i feel like they should should have been more menacing for the 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 power that they have Mm -hmm. so i know this is off topic for a second 
But I loved how when the Execticons arrive, Megatron is just chilling, leaning against the side of the wall because he's he's the boss. <laughs> he doesn't do any of the actual work. That's for underlings. Oh, yeah. I love that. He's just chilling you know, and everybody else is doing the work. <laughs> but one of my favorite parts was probably when just Optimus picked up the tanker ship and lobbed it at Megatron. So why were the Decepticons so eager to meet up with these? Or I'm sorry, the Decepticons were eager to meet up with the Insecticons. Were they recruiting or? Yeah, they. Happening. <laughs> I think they were just trying to increase their power by getting more more people because you know they are they're the Autobots have twice as many people as the Decepticons. There was a part where Sound Soundwave releases you know, ravage the cassette tape to sniff around and, like, sniff out the the Insecticons and, yeah. <laughs> and then, did he actually do that, or did they just cut to them finding them? He, he, like, ran off, you know, like, he was hot on the trail of something, and then they're, like, they got led to whatever it was. Yeah, now that I think back, yeah, that was a weird I, yeah, I guess I'm not entirely sure what the resolution of that was because they definitely sent them out to go find them, but then it just seemed like they were already right next to each other doing stuff. Yeah, exactly. That happens a lot, though. <laughs> well, one other thing that confused me in the show was, uh, you know, the Insecticons can fly. They don't have wings. They're not jets or anything, but they're bugs, so that makes sense. <laughs> but what doesn't make sense is that all of a sudden, Willjack can fly. Oh, so if you recall, <laughs> when we did the character spotlight of Wheeljack, he actually has the ability to fly on his description. And those descriptions were, I think we rem- I remember that they were created before the show aired, I think? Yeah, uh, yes. Okay, so the writers didn't use that power at all? Like, am I just misremembering? Did, has he flown at all in previous episodes? Probably not. If he did, it might have been in the three-part miniseries opening. But then again, all of them flew, so you know that might not have been relevant to his oh power. But yeah, I don't remember him ever flying beforehand. I just remember that one episode where I think freaking Ironhide just went up and flew after them and then got shot down. And then he's like, well, I won't discipline you for insubordination, Hired Hyde. You're alive today, so that's all that's good enough. That's weird. They, they, just, they just have this power that they just never use, apparently. Yeah. So one thing I thought was hilarious is they're calling for help, right? And, and and just I was like, does everybody have an Autobot hotline or has Optimus tapped all communications in the world to search for the words giant and robot? Because, you know, he doesn't <laughs> care about privacy rights. I mean, those freedom loving Decepticons at least use aerial reconnaissance. <laughs> I'm not understanding why Spike and his dad received an SOS call from Bali. <laughs> well, no, they were in the Autobot base, so they were just taking it like they were being the Autobot secretary. While the Autobots were just, you know, out having fun or on patrol like they always are. I guess they're just radio enthusiasts. They're just like sitting there listening to hear what's happening around the world. They're like, oh, oh, crap. Somebody in Bali needs help. There's monsters. Can radio waves even stretch that far? I'm not a scientist, but I thought like. like... The radio wave. Yes. Radio waves can go very far. That's using like a lot of space stuff. So, yeah. Okay. But uh, I, I, I think you guys are looking at them and just assuming a lot of innocence with them. I feel like any regular human that has any kind of like snooping power like that, they're not just going to be just doing ham radio crap. They're, they're, they're going to be spying on people, too. So they're probably trying to <laughs> see what their neighbors are up to, get some insiders trading stock tips and stuff. 
<laughs> they were probably doing a lot of shady stuff and just happened to stumble upon Bali. <laughs> yeah. and that's how in season three, Spike is able to have his own private spaceship, you know, afford a whole mansion on Earth and go somewhere in space, you know, because he just got all this money back when he was illegally using Transformers alien technology during these seasons. I mean, yeah, checks out. <laughs> How big are cornfields in Bali compared to the rest of the world that they can hide Transformers, <laughs> even Skyfire? I think those were rice paddies, actually. There's parts where you can see, like, water that they're kind of... Oh, okay. Right. It did, it did kind of like corn. I couldn't tell what <laughs> the grain was. Nondescript. It is more exciting than... I mean, they could have set this in Iowa. I mean, it could have been in an Iowa cornfield and... Could have like come at them with pitchforks or something instead, but I do I do kind of like the 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 Bali rice field setting. <laughs> Speaking of Spot Skyfire, I do appreciate that they actually managed to keep the scale consistent through the, out the entire episode. Are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> it was mostly consistent. He was generally bigger go. than some of those the smaller guys. <laughs> Wait, also speak about. Like, speaking about Skyfire, where did he go at the end of the episode? Like, I feel like I missed something. Oh, he just vanished? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, he didn't join them in the final battle. No, he's just gone. He got attacked by Insecticons and then yeah. disappeared. He like, disappeared he's just dead and, off in a field. Yeah, and then the Insecticons <laughs> showed up, but he didn't until, like, much later. Yeah. Like, was dead just... in episode seven. He, like, sacrificed himself. How did he come back? I didn't get the that most far. most beautiful either. thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Also, hi. I also really enjoy Skyfire. <laughs> he like um he was totally dead. Like at the end of, I think it was episode seven. He was like helping. You know how he you first meet him and find out he's an old buddy of um, Star Scream. And anyway, at the end, he fights Star Scream and something happens. He's like. Oh, I gotta fire one last shot, and he like destroys the crystal that's sucking energy from the earth, and then yeah, he was supposed to he was supposed to have like a long slumber in the snow, but pretty much like the next episode, the Autobots go wake him up. <laughs> oh, okay, they dig yeah. him out and be like, "Hey, there's no time to rest or get fixed. We need you to transport some Autobots." <laughs> I assumed he was dead. I was like, "Oh, that's a cool character. Too bad." Yeah, I. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I thought that too when I was younger because I, I didn't actually see the other episode where he came back because I didn't have that one on VHS. Yeah. <laughs> Unless we watched it on TV, they probably showed it out of order and you're thinking, oh no, that's into my character, you know? <laughs> Something funny. I, I kind of liked all the really bad puns throughout this episode. Like, oh. ah, stop bugging me. <laughs> just, oh, there was so no. much bug crap. Oh, really my God. bad ones like, there is no spray that can defeat this. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense as a, as a, as a comeback line. Flips but, over a stupid uh, truck thing. I'm just like, okay. But the funniest is when he knocks, he kicks Skyfire down and he says, he's going down from defeat due to defeat. <laughs> oh, wait, what even? <laughs> wait. Terrible. But, but the funniest is, he says, take this, you Autobot booby. That's my favorite line in the entire show. For those oh, of you yeah. that are younger, booby is actually a real dictionary word. It is not slang. It refers to a stupid or childish person. The more you know. You Autobot booby. <laughs> <laughs> like Brazil, this... 
was they do you remember in the Brazil episode where Skyfire comes back, all of the natives of Brazil are all colored appropriately. But then we cut to the factory right next door and everyone's white. And then they do almost the same thing here this time. Everybody in the fields, in the swamps, all kind of this brown color palette. And then they cut to the factory and like most of the people are like white, but they actually do color some black people in this time. <laughs> Even though they don't uh, yeah. match the, 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 the pigments of everyone else that were in the fields or the swamps. Yeah, I didn't notice that at first, but yeah, now that I think back, I was like, yeah, there were just random white people all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> they're, they're, they're trying their best. You think of that authentic Balinese accent, like the guy who is saying that he should have got the rug spray out. <laughs> I think we need to talk about that vehicle, the way the Autobots show up in Bali, because that's just. Well, they're in Oregon, right? Are they? I don't, I don't know. They're somewhere in the western United States. When they were driving in Bali, they just showed up in the mountains of Bali for some reason. Well, yeah, that's the part that doesn't make sense. I think that's what we're getting at. Is this, they do that how every can they drive though. from the west coast to Bali? Did they, <laughs> did they teleport or did they... Skyfire. Skyfire flies real fast. <laughs> I, so I assume that I don't even think about the details. I just assume, okay, they flew over or something, and they set themselves up, and then now they're driving. They're, they're driving their own bodies as vehicles. So, yeah, they can fly, then they can drive. Like, why would they not be down in the swamp where things are happening? Why are they driving in the mountains and running well, into funeral processions? And <laughs> looks like well, They had to drive all the way here over all that water to get to Indonesia. So... <laughs> And they just showed up from whatever direction, you know, the U.S. is from Indonesia. And I guess they had to go through those mountains. <laughs> and it looks like they ran into, like, a funeral. They were like, they're, they're having a party up here. That's rude. They're blocking the road. Like, they're, like, carrying their elders up to, to bury them. <laughs> Wait, are you, are you serious? Is that what? No, it just looked like that. It just... <laughs> Who who lugs like that much umbrellas and canopies and stuff up a steep mountain trail just to have a, a party? But mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> I can get to that later because we do have another section later uh, called stupid moments where we just mention anything stupid in this episode. Okay, you can't but... just say Starscream. No, no, no. Don't worry, I don't have him this episode. He didn't show up. Oh, yeah, that's true. Thundercracker took his place. So um, Megatron actually called Ravage a cassette. I think that's the first and last time they ever do that i'm not yeah really sure. usually he will say like send ravage or something like that but yeah he just this time he said send in the ravage cassette which is like why are you just calling him cassettes i mean he's just you've known him as a, a decepticon robot this whole time now you're getting used to just calling him a, the human invention cassette he's he's uh, adapting to the the human slang that megatron but yeah and also i don't know if you noticed it but one of the autobots said the word murder. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I if thought it, that was pretty noteworthy. Yeah, it, I don't know if it got by the censors or if it was accept, acceptable due to its context because it was basically a figure of speech. He wasn't actually threatening to murder somebody, which is not acceptable. It might have been allowed that way, or it might have just slipped by them. We'll start, uh, Sammy. What other more um, things you like and didn't like about this episode? I didn't like that Starscream was in, not in it. <laughs> Okay. okay, next, Thomas. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. If you have more, 
stuff. I, frankly, you you kind of covered all of it because like a lot of my favorite parts were the dumb jokes. Uh, do you have any more? Uh, uh, you said all of them. Oh, I'm Wait, sorry. no, you didn't. Hold on. No, there was one where it was towards the la- later half of the episode where he's like, "Yeah, tastes lightning. Tastes awful." <laughs> yes yes oh my god i knew it I, I was trying to think of that i forgot all about it and i was like what was it that i remembered and yes that was it this is response was just like it, he gets hit in the chest and falls to the ground is like it tastes awful with just a straight monotone voice <laughs> yeah like it was absolutely the delivery and like the process like it was quality oh that, that was, was that was a good moment that was so good <laughs> it tastes awful <laughs> to kind of piggyback was... on the lightning stuff uh the, the one thing i wanted to bring up was that this episode they kind of approach real science and it was portrayed almost 100 percent accurately is it the rubber tire bit yes so if, really? if lightning hits your car or your antenna if you're inside the car you will be okay Holy okay. shit. So, so Spike was fine. He had the right idea. The gray area comes into play where the metal could be messed up of the outside of the car, the antennas and the circuitry, that would get ruined, and your tires would probably melt as well. So to okay. me, the gray area is that, well, they, these guys are Autobot. They're Transformers. Maybe they're a bit more, resi- more resilient than regular cars, but normally that would not, you know, your car's ruined, your circuitry's ruined, and stuff like that. But oh, that okay. was kind so, of real science right there that they actually did. Usually he travels around the outside. Well, at least he's, he mentioned the insulators, but I don't think that would diffuse. Well, I mean, usually the current will just travel around the outside of the car for the right. most part. But I don't think the tires would do anything to help like diffuse the the lightning. They just won't. They're not in the right place. So if the, it hit the ground and then it touched the insulators, then it couldn't really reach the rest of it. But yeah, I, I wasn't sure what was going on there. So <laughs> <laughs> they, they tried. That's the look. It's the closest thing they've got to science in these episodes inside the car. Thomas, if you got if your car got struck by lightning. Yeah, you'd be safe um, as long well, as the windows are up and stuff like that. Yeah, you'll be safe. Your hearing would probably be jacked up because lightning strikes are really loud. So what about you, Charlie? Any more like dislikes of the episode? I think you like that part where they call Rumble a sawed-off nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really good. What's up with them picking on Rumble? Little guy. I mean, I saw one episode exactly. where he's, like, he's pounding the hell out of this wall. And he's like really just hacking it to bits. And this guy comes up behind him. And he starts picking on him. And then he just turns around and he says absolutely nothing to his own defense. He's just like looking at him like, yeah, you jerk. I'll get you later. <laughs> is, is that the one where they just look over at the cornfield and they see them through the cornfield now because they like are at a different angle? <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like he's like, why do they keep picking on him? He's small, but he's actually really good. They use him for a lot of stuff. Like Rumble's a good character. <laughs> I just thought it was funny because, like, he wasn't even in the episode at that point. And they were just like, remember this guy that we really, really hate? <laughs> I hate him. He's so cute. He's little. <laughs> Things to, like, you know, break rock apart. Little hmm? pounders. Over the entire ground under your feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, so Charlie, our next segment is animation errors, where we talk about any animation errors that we noticed. So I definitely noticed there is a point where kickback or whatever, the I'm going to call all the Insecticons kickback. Um, <laughs> uh, that will like, give you kickback from the fans. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll drop a bombshell on them then. Actually, that's terrible. <laughs> Cut that out. Oh, God. I love all of you, our precious viewers. Uh, anyways where like two of the insecticons were on screen one of them he was talking but his decepticon logo was just flashing like a rave and i'm like okay all right i, I don't know what's going on but yeah i remember that <laughs> yeah it was just i yeah I don't, I don't know what was going on there they just forgot a frame of where they had to do the, the the logo but since they were you know reusing like whatever two or three frames it just kept not being there <laughs> You know what I noticed about the logo on the escape pod? And I thought this was going to be part of the story, but they made the Decepticons look red instead of being purple. So I was thinking, oh, so it's ancient. Like It's like the predecessor to the Decepticons and the, the Autobots, but it wasn't. Disappointment. <laughs> just, just, it's just miscolored. They just colored it red instead of purple. Yeah, that seems to be just the typical miscolors of a lot of things that they do in this series. Oh, yeah, there's always a ton, but I usually only see the ones that stand out. There was a miscolor when the Decepticons leave the farmland, and I can't tell if they accidentally drew Skyfire leaving with the Decepticons or if they colored Thundercracker Skyfire's color. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely noticed that one. The most hilarious one, though, is when Spike and Bumblebee are boarding Skyfire the first time, they wave goodbye, and then the doors close on them. Like, and they're still in front of the door, and in my mind, I imagine them getting crushed to death through the doors uh, in their side. But, like... (laughs) Skyfire would feel so bad. They're standing in front now where they have no room. They should have just fallen off. But, yeah, basically the doors closed behind them when it should have closed in front of them. Yeah, that was the one thing that I I noticed. And yeah, that was to me, that was like super weird because so some of the other Autobots loaded in before them and they load in and they disappear. But for whatever reason, Bumblebee and Spike get get on last and then they turn around to pose. And while they're posing, the doors close and they're still posing and smiling yeah, as if they're on the outside of the door or something. It was just like completely weird, and it sits there for like two seconds. So like, I don't know how that was ever missed. Mm, awkward. I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's not animation error, but Charlie, there I actually noticed a lot of the Star Wars sound effects throughout this episode with their laser blasters from the Insecticons and things like that. What's well, better than those like cartoon, um, like Scooby Doo sound effects, like? There's this part in another one where Megatron turns himself into, like, this gun thing, and then when he fires, it's like, splat! It just makes a really goofy, goofy sound. I'm like, dude, you can't turn into some kind of better weapon than that. (laughs) Anybody have any more animation errors they caught? Charlie? Um, it's, it's all animation error to me. Wow. wow. <laughs> I'm to it. Like you, you have to like turn your brain off when you're watching. This is like really dumb sound. Oh wow. That door thing. That that's a funny. For the deleted audio, this is gonna be hilarious. We're not gonna listen to any episode, but it was basically around eight minutes long. 
and about six minutes of it or more are just insecticon sound effects all right guys make the insecticons the sound of eating the grain for you know 15 seconds for each of the three insecticons and it's just like and then it's like all right now everybody do threatening sounds one at a time and then it's like all right now autobot staggering noises there was some of spike that sound awful but hilarious now wrestling sounds now the cackling now oil slurping and then it just ends with more eating sounds in case they messed up on the first one. <laughs> That's, <laughs> it. That's it. It's nothing but Foley background noise. There were two extended audio sections, but they didn't really provide much, or I didn't think were that much that interesting enough to post or listen to. I do remember a lot of munching. Someone found the fir- the entire first season of deleted audio about three years ago, and they've been posting it on a, a YouTube channel called Transformers at the Moon. So you can listen to all deleted audio from all the first 16 episodes of Transformers. Cool. Wait, only the first 16 episodes? Yeah, I don't. I think it's been a Aww. year or more now since that. And I think it's only the first season that they found dialogue from. Huh. So, yeah, after next episode, we won't have any more deleted audio to listen to. Say it. All right. The next section, Charlie, is called retcons, where we go over anything that might have retconned previous episodes. I don't consider the Insecticons being introduced from the ship as a retcon. I consider that more of expanding on a story point that's already there. Just using what's already available in the universe uh, and expanding upon it. I wouldn't say that that's a retcon or anything like that. Uh, I mean, to me, it's completely feasible. I mean, it is kind of weird if Decepticons have a ship that's somewhat functional, they, that they don't have records of stuff that happened, like... We were on the ship with several other Decepticons. Where did they go? Escape pods are missing. Maybe they jettisoned during the crash or something. And they wouldn't just be looking for those guys this whole time. Four million years ago? Well, no, no, no. When, once they awoken. Oh, okay. Yeah, because after seeing that, Skyfire survived. And, uh, well, yeah, I guess it was just Skyfire. He's the only, I guess he's the only Transformer that they found away from their ship. Everybody else was, yeah, they were just made, right? Mm-hmm. The Constructicons and the Dinobots were created. Skyfire is the only one that was found outside of the crash site. I mean, that's because, yeah, he's been there for actually four million years plus. Was, oh, was did he did he arrive at the planet before the... Uh... Wait, it was when Starscream and Skyfire were, like, observing the planet while they were still scientists, yeah, and that's Skyfire right, that's crashed. Right another thing i'm like i thought there was a point where divided into the autobots and the decepticons i thought there must have been like one master race of all of them or something like it seems like you go all the way back and there were still decepticons and still autobots but i guess only the civil war is recent is that how it works it really depends on what lore you go into and i have no idea what the g1 continuity is under yeah we don't know anything about that right now during the first season they expand more on it uh, near the end of the second season because someone actually time travels back to right just before the war started oh okay well yeah, then well, we then. the inconsistencies really come out <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then in the third season they're like well these people actually created the autobots and decepticons Aww. and they introduce a whole race but that's a story for a different time. (laughs) (laughs) 
So the actual story Bible actually does say that the Insecticons were jettisoned from the Nemesis ship that brought the Decepticons to Earth. Even if it wasn't, you know, fully clear when they got uh, in the dialogue of the actual episode. But then again, you can't go by what's written in the Bible. You have to go by what's actually presented on screen. Or head cannons. <laughs> okay, so. Don't tell me what to do. I do what I want when I want. Starscream's blunders and other stupid moments. So now we can start talking about poor old Sideswipe today and his genius move to dig under the, the tunnels. Hey. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was hilarious. He's like, I have good instincts. Everyone follow me immediately comes to a dead end. And then Wheeljack is making fun of him. And so it feels like to save face, Sideswipe just goes, uh, uh, yeah, I was going to uh, uh, dig through this. <laughs> it feels <laughs> like he just made it up because he didn't want to look stupid. And then everybody just starts following him because they trust him and then they can't turn back. <laughs> we're, we're in this too deep. Everybody's uh... like, Wait a minute, how do you how do you know this countryside? We're in Bali. How how do you know how to take a shortcut down the mountain? Research. Well, they always send the Autobots on patrol in random parts of the world. Maybe he patrolled here before. He's a proton powered pathfinder. That's what somebody called. <laughs> that that's fast. Yeah, but yeah, I just can't believe like we can't get around this parade. We'll dig through the ground. I enjoy how like <laughs> They spend, what, half the episode trying to dig through that, and then Optimus is like, god damn guys, and just busts through. Like, <laughs> why didn't we just start with that? Well, I thought they were getting near the end, so he's just like, Are you sure? Because it didn't look like it. <laughs> he said something really weird before they, he went through that wall. He was like, alright guys, I'm gonna take a nap, and he just like, like burst through it. <laughs> I can't what? remember what was happening right he says something weird right before he goes through that. <laughs> I totally miss that. Like, let's take a break. <laughs> you know, no, that makes sense because he's breaking the wall. Uh, <laughs> it's a dumb oh, joke. It's a, yeah. Because there were yep. so many puns. Yeah. So, okay, this is my question for you, Thomas. If I go stand on top of a car, like on the outside of the car, on its roof, and then I get struck by lightning, Am I protected by the lightning because the car itself has tires, even if I myself am struck by the lightning while on top of it? But technically he has <laughs> tires too. Yeah, but the tires aren't grounded. He's right, using no, his metal true. feet <laughs> to not. stand on the metal roof of no, Bumblebee. No, no, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing at this question. No, you're dead. If you get struck, you're dead. Bumblebee's <laughs> yellow. Bro. You're going to get struck out of your shoes off of the top of the car. <laughs> Yellow things are just so naturally resistant to electricity, so, like Pikachu and you know, <laughs> yellow things. So, so Thomas, they got the science right, and then completely then just forgot about it right immediately after. Oh yeah, well, you're talking about when they were riding on top of. They just brought up a new attack strategy, like a big semi truck, and he was being carried by like two little guys. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> oh, so I am going to bring up Starscream. Because at the end, they say the Decepticons won't fight long because of their engineering. And all I can think of is, wait a minute, is this assumed that Decepticons always live this and just team back up again? Is this why Megatron never kills Starscream? Because it's at a genetic level, their programming, they have to accept each other, even, no matter how many times that other Decepticon tries to kill you. When did they say that? They said the Decepticons won't fight long because of their engineering. That is a direct quote. 
Who said it? One of the Autobots to Optimus. I think he was just being, like, facetious. Like, he's just insulting them. They're both made for the same purpose, which is destruction, I suppose. So, eventually, evil must unite with the other evil, and they'll always be against the Autobots, even if they want to keep their little separate Insecticon group. <laughs> I'm going to go with it being a bad joke. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with that, too. But it sounded like he really meant it, so... To me, it sounded valid that they would rejoin. It, it seemed like important that they would rejoin the Decepticons at some point in the future to fight the Autobots again. So that's that's what my interpretation was. But yeah, I just interpreted it as the reason why Megatron never kills Starscream, because, you know, they're the same people. <laughs> oh, there we go. Because <laughs> I would have, I would have been done with. Except Star. that's completely, you know, null and void by the time we hit the movie. <laughs> well, he got. Well, now he's no longer Decepticon. He's a un, uh, Unicronon. No, he's still a Decepticon. <laughs> that's, that's not. No. <laughs> he was modified, so now you know he's got but Unicron. But he's still a Decepticon. <laughs> hey boys, we're gonna be movie stars. Main character. Did it feel like there was a main character this episode? Or was this just everything happens and then it ends? Insecticons. Like, that's, that's the, like, it's their first appearance. Of course, they're going to focus on them. Yeah. I mean, it did focus a lot on them doing stuff, too. So that's what it made me think that possibly the Insecticons. But I don't know what you guys thought. I thought the uh, oil tanker was the main character of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, re- I, I take back my opinion. It's that. Actually, no, I mean, guys, it, it's Thundercracker. It, it, <laughs> it was pretty evenly dispersed, wasn't it? It was like they didn't focus on any particular character for very long in the episode. It seems like it would have spent more time with the Insecticons because it's totally about them. It's like you're introducing a new species to have new, you know, toys for kids. I mean, the Insecticons, I think they were covered a lot because they pretty much got the first five minutes to themselves. Yeah, and then they all got their special abilities to be used toward the end, toward the middle. And then they got power upgrades before the show, the episode even ended. I don't even know what the third guy's name is. I mean, it just helped them. It makes them a little better. He said his name, we just don't understand what he said. (laughs) We seriously, none of us between the four of us can remember the third Insecticon. Nope. Okay, bombshell, kickback. I was like, no, Scrapper's in a Constructicon. Uh, I don't remember. Anyway, on to... Shrapnel. Shrapnel, yes. It's because he has shrapnel grenades. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was shrapnel. Oh, my God. There we go. Now he has a name. <laughs> Could have said them all at once. That would have helped. I think they usually try to introduce themselves once, and then after that, it's up to you to remember every single one of them. I, I dispute that. There's been a lot of Autobot appearances where just dudes are just showing up and we're just suspected to know who they are. Like, I, they're those, the little guys on the Autobots, I, I am, I have no idea who's who. I Braun? know there's a Braun and I don't know what he looks like. He looks like five other dudes. He's the yellow yeah. guy that always <laughs> talks like he's strong and gruff, even though he's small. Anti Bumblebee. Which one is Trowel? There's one named Trowel. I'm like, Prowl, not Prowl. Oh, maybe it's Prowl. Okay, maybe. Oh, okay, yeah, Prowl. He's the. Is he the? He the. Oh my God! Wow. 
the police car with the shoulder rockets. Oh, the police car. I thought that was Blue Streak or something. Yeah, they're both like the same exact design, just about with a few alterations on their helmet. Yeah. Okay, that's why I'm like, who are these? Those those guys are hard to track. When we get to the next episode, it'll prove why the previous episodes have been terrible at introducing the Autobot. But I, we won't <laughs> go into that right now. <laughs> I'm used to him just turning up. I'm just like, oh, there's that other dude again. What happened to him in the last, last two episodes? Like, just <laughs> there. Like in the beginning, there was some guy named Sunstreak or something that was yellow. I'm like looking for Bumblebee. I'm like, where the hell's Bumblebee? It's all right. Sunstreaker eventually gets his own episode. Yeah, so they actually said that the Transformers animated during each episode were based on the least amount of voice actors they had to hire in one day for that episode. So if there were only three people and each one voices two voices, it's those six Autobots that are going to be in that episode. That's okay. And uh, anyone else who appears is just the animators adding them into the background. So it looks like there's more of them that episode than there actually are. They're not animated on the fly they're just like they wait to color it or something to make you you know maybe all the bots look the same and they that's what i don't understand how can they like yeah that's an odd workflow to me it's like do you not have the storyboards done before you even call in the 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 voice actors you're just gonna have them do the lines first and then you animate i just remember it was a special feature on the original rhino dvds that talked about that that I don't think are on my shout DVDs because I that they only do the ever, writing they, first. They don't have it storyboarded, by the way. It's just the script. Oh. It's wow. just the script and then they voice. They don't see like anything. Wow. So but that would be so weird if they like recorded it first and then I mean, they... not really. That's that's how Western animation works. Really? Yeah, yeah they they, they they did the voice work first and then send it to the animators to animate based yep. on the voice files. And sometimes if they don't have a voice, they'll actually do like a a dummy take, essentially. I forgot what the actual word is for it, but it'll be like the director or whatever, just like doing a take of the voice so they can at least do the lip flap somewhat okay. Oh, and then you drop something else in later? Yep. Yeah, if they just don't have the actor on hand at the moment. (laughs) That's that's kind of a crappy workflow. Yeah. I, I guess I can kind of see that, but... Well, it gives... The thing is, it, it gives the actors, like, a lot more freedom to do what they think that the character is going to do. Because it's not animated yet, if they say, uh, like, a better line or whatever, and they want to use that line instead, then it's a lot easier to put that line in because it's not animated yet. Yeah. Back in the day, they also would record in, like, big groups. So, like, all of them are all playing with each other. And that's why you have a lot of, like, synergy in the older 80s cartoons. Cool. There's your voice acting fun fact of the day. Yep, you just said, Sammy, what I was going to tell her, too. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's, it's voice acting. I have to, like, be like, <laughs> here's information. We don't need our fun facts section now. We already covered that Bali's a real place. Sammy's talking about voice acting. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to know that. That's That makes it more exciting. Yeah, happy to uh, provide information. The fun fact I had was a question. I was like, the Decepticons ever get a sea-based vehicle? When I saw them fighting in, uh, with the tanker, I was like, I don't think the Decepticons at all in G1 ever get a sea-based vehicle. Do the Autobots get one? Y- yeah, unfortunately. Um, 
No, uh, I just hate his voice. It's annoying to listen to and figure out what he's saying each time. So he's really annoying to listen to. Oh, he, I guess he has like, I'm underwater. Yes. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm underwater. Nobody can understand what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so somebody, I saw a really st- stupid YouTube video where someone pretended to be that Autobot sea spray and sing under the sea, but with sea spray's uh, voice. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, any last minute comments about this episode before we go into our character spotlight? Where um, they say they can um, turn um, Spike into a motorcycle if he wants. That was and weird. The response was that he'll think about it when he's old enough to drive. <laughs> But it's funny, they offer this all the time. I just like how they offer Spike these ways of, um, you know... Becoming a cyborg. Because they don't understand how human physiology works. And (laughs) they're, like, you know, like, looking at his legs, like, how would you like to be fitted with some wheels and a gearbox? And he's like, "Um, I'm not quite 18 yet, so... uh, Well, I mean, they look at Chip, he has wheels, so why can't Spike get wheels? Oh, <laughs> oh. oh man! <laughs> and also, it's like then you know because of that quote, you can tell that he's not old enough to drive, right? This just proves that he was an underage kid working in construction <laughs> back in the earlier episodes. <laughs> yeah, like you do. Uh, uh, I'm not convinced he's not old enough to drive, but that's that's a good way to cop out of that whole. <laughs> And morphed into a motorcycle thing, you know, have all your bones crushed. And, you know. Yeah, we'll save that for his kid, you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good times involved to everyone. Yeah. Charlie, would you like to read our character spotlight for this episode? The character spotlight is the Autobot known as Jazz. Autobot known as Jazz? Do I know this Autobot? He's the one who kind of talks with a smooth voice. He's like, hey, my jiving people. Wow. <laughs> Jazz is the jive-talking white and black Porsche. In the original toy packaging, he had a quote and a biography, and then we also go after his fate after the movie, assuming that he lived from it, and then also any more fun facts about him that we discovered. Okay. So continue whenever you are ready. Okay, so the explosive packaging biography says, Jazz loves Earth culture. Always looking to learn more. His knowledge of Earth makes him indispensable, an indispensable right-hand man to Optimus Prime. Takes most dangerous missions. Very cool, very stylish, very competent. Competent? I'm going to about a robot. <laughs> Equipped with a photon rifle, flamethrower, Spectrum beacon, 180 decibel stereo speakers. Yeah, now that's what I'm talking about. Fuck oh out. <laughs> <laughs> it's dazzling, disorienting, disorienting sound and light shows. Versatile, clear, clever, daring, but prone to be distracted. I would too if I had some speakers and probably some rims and whatever this guy has. Frankly, I think this has been the most accurate biography so far. He really does do all that. 
Yeah. I mean, isn't he the one that break dances in the later episodes anyway? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> but with style, don't bother doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's even that just fits too. Like, yeah, they got that pretty accurate or decided it was appropriate for the cartoon. <laughs> so let's see uh, his fate after the movie. Wait, I still function. So Jazz was in the movie on one of the Cybertron's moons with Bumblebee and adult Spike. Ooh, Spike is an adult. <laughs> I think he's already an adult, but <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, initially thought when Unicron ate the moon, being processed inside Unicron, and the other characters saved him before he could be melted. Then participated in the Galactic Olympics okay and continued to fight in headmasters and actually showed up in many episodes what the headmasters is a japanese sequel to transformers season three and he is actually one of the few season one autobots that shows up from time to time okay but that is not that can be confusing that's just another show you need to explain what the Galactic Olympics are. Yeah, what, what I, are that's that what was, was too much. I think it's just a random G, G3 episode, I think. Or are there be... other aliens? Like, do cyber, the, the Cybertronians meet other aliens? Are, are humans aware of other aliens? I have no idea. It depends on whatever continuity you're in. Who knows? <laughs> Wait a minute. Is he participating as a robot or a car? I, I, you know what? I didn't go into too much depth. I was just seeing if he lived, and then you just skip right over the Galactic Olympics Park shot. That's what you did. I am so confused. <laughs> but you have you seen the movie, uh, Charlie? The old school Transformers movie, like the yes. Yeah, I don't remember the Olympics though. Oh no, I was just saying because Spike is an adult at that point and is married and has a kid in that future. That that was him as the. As a kid, I didn't pay attention to the kid. I, I, I thought it was the same guy. I thought it was a dad and son. I can't remember who the kid was. I have to go back and watch that. But, Did um, they turn him into a motorcycle? Was he a motorcycle yet in that movie? Oh, he does Daniel become is. a motorcycle, just like they said in this episode. <laughs> I thought it was Daniel, not Spike. Yeah, well, Spike is on the moon. You think he dies with Bumblebee and Jazz. No, no, I mean the, I, I mean the, the motorcycle bit. <laughs> yeah, does somebody actually get turned into a motorcycle? Dan, well, Daniel wears Daniel. that outfit, and he becomes yeah. like a motorcycle to get away from like you know Cyclonus yeah. or somebody. Or yeah, Sturge. because Rodimus is like, "Hey, you just got to think about transforming, and you'll transform." And he's like, "I'm trying," and then eventually does. Wait, turns this into a car, happens though, in the movie? No, he turns yeah. into a car, and then it goes dare dare to be. A-. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. Yeah, I mean, not, yeah. It, who knows? Anyways, we ain't talking about the move. Well, we are talking about the movie. Anyway, like... so after the Olympics. <laughs> okay. I can't read this next part. There's some, some weird stuff in here. Um, we try. Um, okay, so. Okay, yeah. Last animated appearance. Typos everywhere. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to get this done at the last minute. According to okay. a pack, pack in story, I guess. <laughs> what? Sorry. Okay, so. Sorry, I'll just word it. His, his last canon appearance after Headmasters is a pack-in story with some action figures that say 15 years later, he's still fighting with Grimlock and Bumblebee, and they're fighting against another returned Starscream. Starscream's a good boy, and he doesn't deserve to die. Because <laughs> he keeps coming back. Yes. 
and apparently possesses an angel from Evangelion with his ghost form in this random crossover I just discovered actually. You know what? I'm stoked for it. (laughs) And by crossover, I mean a paragraph of text four times, and that's all it is. I'm just like, okay, I guess that's a crossover. Thanks. I was like, what's the point if it's just going to be this small text story like this? Yeah, it's a little weird. So anyway, that was Jazz. Do you guys like Jazz, the character in the actual show? Yeah, I mean, he's pretty cool. He's jiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't yeah. I feel like there's not a whole lot of him in these first 15 episodes. Yeah, I feel really... like he's definitely more prominent in season two for some reason. Yeah, he doesn't really stand out to me. Having not watched pretty much all of G1, I at least know about breakdancing part. Like, I've seen that a lot. <laughs> I seem to remember that from my childhood, but I haven't in these first few episodes. Season one, I haven't seen it. So, yeah. It's also like a part where they're setting themselves on the beach a lot. And <laughs> I was expecting to see that, but I haven't seen them do that yet either. So... <laughs> I will start with this jazz fact, and we can see if we want to cut it or not. Because when the Power of the Primes jazz figure was released a few years ago, there were four letters that were only millimeters tall under the Autobot symbol. People assumed they were Cybertronian because it was small, but after they compared lots of pictures from other people who bought it, it actually said MAGA under it from the Trump campaign. When it was brought to Hasbro's attention, they discovered that it was inserted by a vendor without their authorization and they were addressing the vendor and apologized to everyone offended because they do not intend for their toys to carry political messages. That's That's weird. Yeah. I would be freaking pissed uh, for anyone that does something like that to my product if I was like Hasbro. Yeah, I feel like the bigger corporations, they try to, the ones that care about selling stuff and not being in the middle of, uh, of boycotts and all that kind of stuff, they try to stay away from politics 100%. And then for just some random vendor, I guess they were the people who printed the packaging or something. Yeah, I would fire that person if you'd find out who that Yeah, was. I'm sure that they, if they weren't being sued, they're definitely not being worked with again. And that's like the actions of one individual causing possible dropping a major company not working for your company anymore because of one person. Oh, well, that happens a lot. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, Sammy, you want to read the next fun fact? Yeah. So his original design is based on a Martini racing Porsche, the same one that won the first circuit of the 1976 World Championship for makes? Makes? The Mugello Cup. Ah, okay. Yeah, I have no idea why it's worded that way either, so. Well, I just, like, I don't know how to pronounce these names, so sorry I butchered them. <laughs> I think it's a Capello mug. Sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> That, that was a quality joke for a Transformers episode. Um, <laughs> though his sticker was purposely misspelled as Martini with two eyes to avoid copyrights. <laughs> That's all Tom- it takes? It's just a typo? Hey. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, Thomas, next one. His original figure, though also available in stores in 1984, in 1985, he, he was only available as a mail-in order for Cookie Crisp cereal. A <laughs> PVC figure was also available through Boss Coffee. Japan only in 2008. Mm. So did he get, was his face like on billboards with Tommy Lee Jones when they were selling Boss Coffee together? (laughs) I've actually had Boss Coffee now for the first time when I was in Japan because they make milk teas over there and they're actually pretty good. 
Yeah, I don't drink coffee, but when I went to Japan, I was drinking the the canned coffees all the time. They're good. Like they're yeah. so good. I, well, I don't drink the coffees, but I drank their Boss Coffee teas, even though they're okay. not coffee in the teas. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think I tried Boss Coffee. But the main reason I was getting into the coffee stuff is because of uh, Twin Peaks. For whatever reason, was super popular in Japan. Well, I don't know about super popular, but but popular enough that they wanted to have them do commercials and they just had them doing Georgia coffee commercials constantly. So when I went to Japan, I was like, I need to get canned Georgia coffee because I don't think Georgia coffee exists anymore in the U.S. I don't think. I'm not too sure. I'm not a coffee drinker. Well, Thomas, if you like Boss Coffee, they actually sell the Boss Coffee at H Mart or Lotte. But they don't have the Boss Coffee teas, so I was I was sad about that. They only bring the two main coffee flavors over that they know people will buy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Charlie, you want to read the next fact? There are two strange variants of jazz. First is an all-orange Generation 2 design that was scrapped. The second is a fully gold version of jazz called Meister Gold Version in 2002 that was available from eBay. Hmm. A gold version, yeah. yeah. I just think that's pretty weird for jazz. Huh. So there's an orange version, and well, it says it was scrapped. So did they? Yeah, there was there was a lot of Generation Two designs that didn't make it to actual market, but they have the designs of the art and then sometimes even like prototype figures that were never actually released to market. Oh, hmm. Interesting. At least after a certain year are now called Autobot Jazz. Likely because jazz is a normal word and thus cannot be copyrighted. Oddly, however, a few figures then named him Meister instead of Jazz. I, I don't know why that happens because <laughs> I don't know if Meister's copyrightable. I mean and then, and then, because wouldn't it need to be Autobot Meister for it to exactly. be Exactly. I mean, that yeah. is just a regular word, right? Yeah. And uh, one thing that's hilarious is there were jazz rubber figures that were sold with candies, and I think a few other ones were. But he himself is not candy. He's just made of rubber. Don't eat him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you get a rubber figure and some candy. Yeah. Sammy, you want to finish off with uh, an alternate name that he had in two yes. places? So his Italian name is Tiger. He is also called Marshall in the Hong Kong English dub of Headmasters because everybody's dub name is ridiculous. <laughs> and when I mean yeah. ridiculous, they're just actually normal names. But, you know, I don't want normal names on my robots. But yeah, that's our uh, character spotlight. And and that is basically our episode, if so, unless someone wants to talk more about jazz. Yeah, let's talk about jazz by way of the Galactic Olympics. So let's really go into that, Sean. He wear a sweatband. What'd you say? The robots wearing sweatbands in the Galactic Olympics. Like 1984 Olympics. I'm trying to visualize this. Was he in like, did he, what was his event? Like the 100 meter dash? I don't know. It would take too long to, to look. All right. Let's end this episode. This one I feel like has gone long. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us charlie yeah, thank all i hope you all have had a good time this episode viewer and signing off for this episode i am normal sean who can't think of a nickname and everyone else who is uh sammy back <laughs> thomas shell autobot thomas <laughs> perfect <laughs> I'm going to copyright my name. <laughs> Do it. <laughs>
Charlie, you can say your, your name and sign off too. Oh, okay. Charlie, signing off. It's great to be here. First podcast. Hope I wasn't too awkward. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We'll see everyone else another time.